Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of season three of the Worm Burner podcast. I am your host, Justin. And for this week, I have a very special guest for all of you guys today. It is Mr. Eli Lesser himself, Mr. This Week in MLS. How are you doing, good sir? Dude, I'm doing very well. I'm excited to be, you know, on season three. I mean, hell yeah, love it big fan of the show and all that you're doing. So I'm definitely excited to, you know, talk with you about whatever it is. I don't know what you're going to ask me. So I'm excited. Sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you. I, I, uh, I'm very excited for this. And so the very first one out of the gate, probably the hardest question, if you were to pick your favorite baseball player, cause I ended up figuring out you're a huge Dodgers fan. What's your favorite player of all time? Doesn't have to be Dodgers. Your mm-hmm. favorite player of all time. Yeah, so I have two. There's one that I never got to see play, and then there's one that I grew up rooting for. Um, So the one I didn't get to see play is Sandy Koufax. It's the reason why 32 is my favorite number, him and Blake Griffin for the Clippers, Uh, and also just him being a Jewish athlete, me being Jewish. uh, So that's a big deal for me. Um, But then player that I grew up actually watching is Matt Kemp, who I think was robbed of an MVP. And I, I think he's one of the most underrated players of not, I guess not this generation, but the past generation. I feel old now. Um, but yeah, he, he, he was like my, my absolute hero growing up. So for me, I, I feel bad because when it comes to where I was born, I was born in the Midwest. So mm-hmm. soccer was in the back of my mind. And so when it, I did eventually go into soccer, baseball was was the game and basketball was the game being from indiana it's kind of like either basketball or racing (laughs) so but i i definitely understand that so i i ended up pulling up an article where Mm -hmm. it was written about you while you were at newhouse school of public communication yeah and i you had you had said something and i wanted to get your perspective now i i think it was i think it's about three or four years later but yeah. you, you did say that you tried to talk about soccer, but nobody else was, and it bummed you out. Do you feel that the landscape now has changed when it comes to this conversation in the United States? Oh, 100%. I mean, when I started my page on Instagram, I, I started it because there were no other MLS-related pages on Instagram aside from the like the MLS account, not, you know, anyone, you know, like me running anything. So that that's kind of where that quote, I believe, was taken from. So that I said that quote in 2020, but probably about when I started. And yeah, I've seen so many uh, new accounts and podcasts pop up each and every month, really. And it's really awesome. And probably the most humbling thing that I've ever uh, humbling thing I could ever receive is just the you know, seeing all these people that started their pages because of me, which is just such an honor in that regard. So it's, I have definitely seen the landscape change. And that's kind of the point of why I started doing what I do in the first place. It's to grow the conversation. It's to grow, you know, the fan base. And I was actually thinking about it right before I I got on here. You know, I'm not like a tactical genius or anything. I'm not someone who knows the game itself that well. But in terms of the league, I have that. But for me, what I try to be is kind of like the gateway band to MLS fandom where, you know, they go through me first. I'm like the Metallica to Metalheads. And then they, you know, they get into the the, the, the more niche 
creators, more niche bands, you know, then they discover who Tom Bogart is, then they discover who who Justin Baker is, you know, that that's kind of my goal. It's to be kind of like the gateway into MLS for people. And then they the to the people who want to research more and find more, then they start to find the other people. Um and you know, that's my way of trying to help everyone out. Um, so everyone eats, but you know, that that's kind of who I try to be in this space. And I, I, I hope it's worked. Um, but it's, it's been very nice to, you know, to, to see the conversation growing for sure. Yes, I can definitely agree that I, I will be 100% honest when it comes to the MLS content, it has been something that I have not really been, I, I will say I was probably one of those Euro snobs before, <laughs> but I, I, have definitely opened my mind and and I really, I, I genuinely enjoy the MLS. Now I want the MLS to grow just like I'm pretty sure anybody other, any other MLS content creators want to say the same. And I think one of the very first interactions we ended up having was over a picture uh, where it was like, Oh, the MLS sucks. And the guy was like, good. And then he just turns around and starts talking about the MLS again, how, how can improve or something like that. And, and I feel like that's kind of like the bubble that we're in. Oh, absolutely. And you know, I, I, I have, I always face a ton of backlash for, for being an MLS fan, which is so stupid. It's how, how could you be getting hate for being a fan of your domestic league? Like I, I, I'll never understand that. Sure. It's not the prem. And like low key, that's made me hate the prem <laughs> in a way. But you know, it's just like I, I'll never understand why so many Americans just hate MLS. Um, and you know, that does come from someone who started following the sport because of MLS. So it's easier for me to to not think MLS is the weirdest thing in the world. But to me, because growing up an American sports fan, to me, like MLS is very comfortable. It's normal to me, and it's what I'm used to. But you know, I, I just. I don't understand the hate that that league gets like that. You know, I think it's probably the most entertaining league in the world just because anyone could win it any year. I mean, who cares about the prime when city's going to win it every year now like that? It's going to be that way going forward. They're the new Bayern and I, I already hate city alone. So it's just why I watch that league. But yeah. Are you a city fan? I am. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. it's okay. It's okay. I, I want unfiltered here. I want unfiltered. No holds barred. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I'm not like a, I don't really have a prem team. I just prefer not, you know, I city just because of the money thing, Chelsea and Arsenal fans annoy me. And then the rest I, I'm like fine with. That's kind of how I am with the prem. I don't really have like a favorite team or like a, you know, I don't like hate, hate city. Cause like KDB is probably my favorite player in Europe. Um, So I'll give you that. But other than that, yeah, <laughs> I just don't want to see the same team win every year. That's all. And I think that's definitely an interesting thing that you bring up too as well, because especially when it comes to the landscape of soccer, there's so many different ways to spend money. There's so many. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a couple good ways where, I, at least in my opinion, I genuinely enjoy the philosophy of of buying youth and building them into the squad. So like, for example, what uh, Atlanta United has been doing over the past couple of years. And I, I genuinely really enjoy that philosophy and, and they've been using it to 
unbelievable success uh, uh, with uh, Miguel Almiron getting sold mm -hmm. to Europe. And then now they're going to have um, Almeida sold mm -hmm. here for probably, a, again, another record MLS fee. <laughs> so. Hopefully, yeah. They The bids have not – all the bids he's gone so far have been pretty low balls. So I'm, I'm – I know they're being patient about it because they're not going to let him, you know, they're not going to let someone fleece him. No, absolutely not. And, and I feel like that's where we can really start to change the tides in terms of overall our position in North America and maybe even on the world stage too. <laughs> and I, I wanted to get your perspective at, Go switching to the national team for just a, a minute. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that this is the best time for the U.S. women? Not women, sorry. U.S. men's national team in terms of being able to get a leg up on Mexico, since Mexico has a very aging squad, they have not been able to develop the talent like they normally do. How do you see the U.S. progressing uh, against this gap with Mexico? Yes. Yeah, so. Um, you know, as much as USMNT fanboys hate to admit it, um, USMNT and MLS are connected to each other in a way that, that both of their successes depend on each other. And I think the same thing is with L3 and Liga Mekis and Liga Mekis is kind of like stale right now. They're at a they're at a standstill with their growth and their the, the, the league itself is struggling right now and i think that's all leading up to the national team it could either be a trickle down or it could lead all the way back up just on both sides of things we're seeing you know mexico really struggle to get their next generation going um especially because of their reluctance to sell players abroad and stuff like that and i think yeah us is definitely capitalizing on that right now and the most important thing right now for the us in terms of growing the fandom is getting the young generation of Mexican-Americans to root for the USMNT over L3. That is a game changer. There's a clip from earlier in the summer of when Ricardo Pepe scored a goal, a kid that was wearing a Mexico jersey ripped it off and he had a USA jersey on. Like, that's the best clip I've ever seen in the world. And it just shows you just how important moments are right now for the national team that could totally change, you know, a generation. The, the success at the 2026 World Cup can definitely push soccer even further into the mainstream in the U.S. Everyone's going to be watching it. We saw what happened with the World Cup in 1994, where it basically launched MLS. So, you know, just imagine what can happen in 2026 with, you know, social media and just all these TV deals and stuff. It's going to be way bigger. And Messi is already here, which has nothing to do with the national team. But, you know, I have to always mention Messi, even though I'm not paid by Apple. But, you know, I just feel like I'm forced to always mention Messi. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it is a big deal. And yeah, I think this is absolutely the time that the U.S. can overtake Mexico and maybe take them over for good, which is something that you never really thought you could see. But the way that Liga MX is heading right now, and that federation, it's it is downward, or it, it might not even be downward. It might just be just flatlining, and that's that's the big thing because U.S. is growing exponentially. Mexico can't afford to flatline like this. No, I, I completely agree. This is this is a moment with, when it comes to the Mexican FA and and even Liga MX that this this is time where they need to be keeping ahead of the United States if they want to be ahead of the United States, and. It's just not happening, and especially with the the performances of all the the Liga MX teams in the League's Cup, mm -hmm. where they did 
just did atrocious. I don't know what it was. Maybe it, and I, I know that there's always the excuses, but yeah, <laughs> of course there's the home field advantage for pretty much any, any MLS side. I mean, the list goes on of, of what it could be, but I wanted to get your perspective of being able to see all of these atmospheres on the MLS side. What is one team that is slept on on the most consistent basis, in your opinion? In terms of atmosphere? Um, either atmosphere or just as an overall team. It, it could be both. We, you could do either or. You know what? I, I, I'm going to do it for both. Um, and it, it's the same club, I think, based on what I've seen. And, you know, I visited some of the top atmospheres this year or ones that many people consider the top. You know, I've been to the St. Louis's this year. I've been to Cincinnati, Nashville, LAFC, um, even though they're not my atmosphere. Um, but my I'd say the most underrated is Orlando. Um, I think no one's talking about them being a top tier atmosphere. Everyone knows that they're a good one. But when I went there to see them face St. Louis, it was just as good as any atmosphere I had been to at at some of the best MLS atmospheres. So I, I got to say them. And also just as a team, you know, right now they're not necessarily underrated because they're very hot and people are talking about it. But they're about to break their their point record um, just any moment now, um, which is huge for them. They've had a ton of success over the last three seasons. Um, just not enough to, to win it all, but you know, they're consistently a playoff team. And I think, you know, this year could be a good year for them to maybe sneak in and maybe win the whole thing. Who knows? I definitely think the MLS champs coming out of the East this year, but who will it be? That's a very tough one. Cause I think there's like six teams in the East that I could comfortably say will win MLS cup this year. So yeah, I, I think Orlando for sure. And they got to capitalize before Faku Torres gets uh, sold this winter because I think Arsenal still wants him. So, yeah. Yeah, Orlando for sure. And uh, ironically enough, that's where I'm from. So, oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, I, I think that is probably when it comes to the overall club and the atmosphere over the past three years, it's been developing so much since COVID. And I, 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 Honestly, looking back as a fan, one of the biggest things to me was the uh, MLS's back cup mm -hmm. because we actually performed really well in that competition, right. a lot better than at least people had, had seen or thought that we would do. And I felt that that was motivation in itself, and that really got the ball rolling. That in itself got us to the final and ended up winning the U.S. Open. And so with that, or the open U.S. Open Cup, open and then, yeah. And so from there, now we're second place in the East right, as of right now. <laughs> so I definitely think that it's an interesting, it's an interesting, and and that's an awesome take. I appreciate that. That's that's awesome. So I wanted to also ask mm -hmm. in terms of rivalries in the United States. It doesn't. I'm going to be biased here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah uh, go ahead though <laughs> what what's the most slept on rivalry in oh opinion? slept on oh, slept on okay. rivalry okay because i was just ready to talk about el trafico for the next 30 minutes but that's not slept on Ooh, that's a good one i mean i definitely think orlando versus miami is going to heat up a bit more i really would love orlando to win this weekend because i think that would be a big statement if they could beat Messi. that's going to just totally just create even more but i don't think that's underrated yet um, I think it needs more buildup. 
Underrated. I like the rivalries that aren't like obvious. Like, you know, the, there's the El Traficos, there's the city rivalries and stuff. But I like a lot of the the kind of rivalries that form over periods of time. Um, you know, maybe one team just destroyed the other one year. Uh, I don't want to say like Red Bulls versus DC because like who the f- cares? Um, sorry. Uh, well, you're good. Oh, oh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna say Nashville versus Cincinnati. They've built. Uh, they I see a lot of online discourse between their fans. And I think both of them think that they're the shit, um, which rightfully so. Sorry if I if we're not supposed to swear here. Um, You're good. Okay, because I think both of them think they're like the hottest shit right now. Um, maybe Nashville have kind of died off a little bit, but I see their fans always combat each other online. And I think that's translated a bit on the field as well. So I'm going to say that's an underrated one that I think no one's thinking about. Um, but if you're chronically online, which I unfortunately am, uh, that's probably my my most underrated rivalry and it's a good one because both of the teams are good, but maybe, Hey, Nashville and Miami might be a rivalry too. Now. I I mean, who knows, but yeah, I'm going to go with that one. Okay. I, I definitely, I would have never thought those two like, and, and that's an interesting take. I would have never put those two together at all. Period. They're newish and they're kind of relevant right now. I, you know, like I would go to like a historic one, like I mentioned with like the Red Bulls in DC, where that was a big rivalry for many years, like Sporting KC versus RSL, which I guess actually that that'd be a good call there. Um, but you know, the, I'm trying to think of newer ones of more relevant teams because like, who cares about Red Bulls in DC these days? Uh, no offense, but it's just true. Don't don't say that to the designated players podcast. Oh, I, I've been on there. They know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I talked to them too as well. So it's, oh, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I wanted to also pick your mind a little bit in terms of the gaming aspect. And I think you might know where this is going. So in terms of soccer games, everyone, FIFA, now it's going to be EAFC. But at least in in my opinion, the game where you are testing yourself mentally is football manager. The GOAT. How how in the world did you get into that game? I I would love to know that story. Yeah, actually, it had to do kind of with EAFC or FIFA. I got tired of it. Um, I I bought it every year and, you know, it's fun to play. I love playing with my friends and stuff. But, you know... I really love the roster building aspect of soccer and career mode sucks. If you want to do MLS because it's not MLS at all, it's just European in MLS. Um, and I was very drawn to football manager because one of my friends, um, who used to be on the one ten football showed me, he was huge into, to, to football manager. And I tried it once. I, I kind of wasn't used to the, you're not actually playing the games aspect. Um, so I tried it once. I decided it wasn't for me. And then some at some point, like last year, it was still 21, uh, like uh, FM 21. I was like, you know what? I want to give this another try. And I, I realized, oh, my God, they have all the MLS rules pretty much, at, at least as close as you're going to get in a video game. And they have all the players. I think the ratings are a bit more accurate. And I was like, where has this been all my life? This is this is the greatest thing, and it's also the worst thing that ever happened in my grades. But no, it's just 
it's the greatest thing that has ever I've ever come across. It's my dream. It's what like, you know, when I was a kid, I would have baseball cards and I would act like I was building a team and like play with them as if they were my team and stuff like that based on their stats. I was like, are they going to hit a home run here? Are they going to hit a double or whatever? Just stuff like that. And I've been waiting for something like this for MLS. I didn't know that we already had it. And that's why I love football manager. I like taking MLS teams, by the way, I pretty much only use MLS um, in football manager just because I'm so addicted to, to the roster rules and trying to stay under the cap and stuff. I literally buy a ton of gam all the time just so I could buy down my players. That's like all I always do. Um, but I'm obsessed with like really trying to get that salary cap perfect. And I've had some great successes. And sometimes I like, you know, sometimes I get tired of the grind of like starting with a current team and I just throw my favorite players into one team and, you know, just build, build from that. Um, and it's super fun. I love it. It's, it's such a great game. I could not agree more with you at all. <laughs> I, I have loved football manager. I have been in a very tormented relationship since 2015 with football manager. <laughs> so um, it's, it's just a phenomenal game. And, and I did want to ask you as well, what is your, if you can harbor the, the second part of the question, what is your greatest success? And then possibly your most gut wrenching achievement for football manager. Okay. Actually, my greatest success was not um, MLS related. Um, so I'm so I'm half Israeli, and I I am a huge is I'm more of an Israel national team fan than a U.S. national team fan. Just that's just where my heart is. And I actually took them to the Euro semifinal. Whoa, <laughs> that's actually so, really cool. Yeah, that's the that, and this was Euro next year's Euro. So I was I was able to get that. Done. I got lucky that a lot of the very young stars that we have developed like crazy without me. Um, but either way, you know, like I was able to 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 find a way, and it was awesome. I beat England during that time. Um, it was one nil, so it's not like a crazy, but it was like a it was like an 80th minute goal. It was crazy. I was you know going ballistic. Oh, I'm sure. um, the amount of I've ne usually when I do MLS builds, I don't do that many like in-game tactical adjustments, but like I pause the the game like every five seconds, changing something. Like I was, I I tried to big brain everything, um, which is just the beauty of Football Manager. Um, but in terms of MLS, I'm currently on my best one right now. Um, although a lot of my players are trying to leave, and it's really annoying because I like they're hard to replace. Um, especially younger guys when they develop into really good players and they're on that U22 initiative, it's hard to like get a player to replace them. Um, but you know, I'm on my third season and I've pretty much swept every competition so far. Um, I, I struggled with the the Champions League and Leagues Cup this year, but I've won MLS Cup back to back years. I'm on my third season. I've won Leagues Cup once. Um, and I don't care about the Open Cup, but. Uh, that's that, that's actually what I use to develop my 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 second best eleven, where I, I I put them in, and then I'm like I'll have some of my stars on the bench in case I need them. But um, yeah, but I will say about that, it is rigged because that's a roster of players that I put together in custom. Um, although they they fit the cap, it's like I didn't start with a full squad. I started from zero, and I was like, I want this player here, you know. But yeah, what uh, I, I don't, oh, and then I've had some really disastrous ones where like I thought I built the perfect team and I I'm like last by 
middle of the season and I give up because I'm like, there's no save in this. I definitely have shared. I I, I can share the, the resentment when it comes to football, man. It can, there's so many times you just want to just break it. <laughs> I think uh, I ended up telling this story to the designated player podcast and I'll, I'll tell you as well. Um, so I, I was, I was lucky enough. My family ended up going to Peru. And so mm. I ended up asking, I was like, Hey, if you get a chance, I'd love a Jersey. doesn't matter. And so they ended up getting me a Jersey for a team called Cienciano. Mm -hmm. And so what I didn't know was they're the only team from Peru that's won a continental competition. Oh, and so I ended up getting them in football manager. And so I was like, Yes, I'm going to take this team to greatness again, kind of like the whole revamp thing when it comes to uh, taking the team to greatness. And halfway through the season, mm -hmm. what ended up happening was I didn't read the rules. And like, you know how with like the subsections on the rules, there was a rule that said that if you didn't start an under 18 player on the starting 11, you lost points. And so I was oh. clean second. I mean, clean second fighting for first. And at the halfway point, I ended up getting dropped to the bottom part of the table and I was fighting relegation the entire rest of the year. Oh, that's tough. It was demoralizing to say the least. <laughs> but that does I hurt, man. I, I ended up seeing your face while I was telling that story. Was that was there something that you wanted to add or, or anything? I did remember actually my most heart wrenching one as you were telling me that story because it's kind of relatable. It is actually a non MLS one. Um, so I was in the the English Championship. I forgot which team I replaced. It was a custom, um, but I made my team because I found a logo online for Maccabi London. <laughs> And it okay. was, you know, I made it all Israeli and Jewish American players. And then, you know, to fill in the the back half of the roster with, you know, the 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 domestic English players just because I had to. And which meant I really had only like 17 players I could play with, which was rough because I didn't want to play any of the, the domestic players. And I was in the playoff and I lost like I was doing so well. I finished like I finished third in the season in the championship and I was ready to go up. And then I, I just remember, and it wasn't like a close game in the final. I was it's so informed. I think I'd won like my last like seven matches heading into it. And I got beat five nil in the playoff. And it was so heartbreaking um, because those seasons, if you ever do a championship season, those are long. Like you have like way more matches than you do in any other league. It feels like, and they're like, you know, twice a week always, which, you know, I get it in real life now for players because of how tough it is in football manager. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry. I just, I think I blocked that one out of my mind. And then when you were talking and telling me about it, I was like, Oh crap, I just remembered this. But yeah, uh, that was a heartbreaking one for sure. Well, and, and that's what happens too, as well is that when it does come to those gut wrenching ones, you don't want to remember them again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was just it was such a, a I can definitely relate with you there. And so I think without without further ado, there is one more question that may be the second hardest question of the the interview here. And that is if you could manage as a manager 
any rivalry in the world. Doesn't have to be LA Galaxy or LAFC. I'll, that, I won't do that one just to, I'll, I'll go away from that one just to, you know, say something different, but yes. Well, I was going to, I was going to give you the benefit. If you did want to add that one, I'll do top three. I could do top three. Okay. Um, Because that would be one just cause like my b- hometown club, like who doesn't want to manage their hometown club um, or your boyhood club. I would love to manage Boca River, although I'd probably, you know, receive the electric chair after, you know, a nil-nil draw. Um, But I would be on Boca's side. Um, I prefer Boca. Let's see. In terms of, I guess Maccabi Haifa doesn't really have a huge rival because they're kind of above. But them against Maccabi Tel Aviv, they're usually the ones who fight to make it into Europe. So that would be pretty cool if I could take them to Europe, uh, even though they they do it anyways. Let's see. What's like a random one that like no one would think of? I wouldn't do like America Chivas. I, I, I don't want. I don't want anything to do with that one. Actually, ooh, this is good. I'm actually not quite sure. Um, I think I think I hit those, but there there's some. I'm sure there's some big ones that I'm missing. Obviously, like El Clasico. But I'm trying to think of like a a more niche one that I love. But yeah, I'll, I'll just stick with those for now. Sure. No, that that sounds great. And and I love the the whole story behind it as well. And that was one of the interactions that we had as well too and and learning that you were a a not only Israeli fan but uh Maccabi Haifa hi, hi, hold on. Correct Haifa. me. Haifa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Haifa. Haifa. Okay, perfect. So but learning that you were a fan of them as well and and I genuinely enjoyed that cuz I was just like oh. I, I I didn't know this. <laughs> so I I wanted to thank you for your time. Thank you for all of the great answers as well. If you wanted to plug anything, go feel free, go ahead. You have the floor. Uh, thank take it away. Yeah, uh just you know, uh if you're listening, follow me at this week in MLS on all platforms. My username might be changing soon, which I guess is a a, a leak onto you know a, a nice little drama bit, but um yeah well just for now follow me at this week in mls on all platforms and thank you so much for having me justin i i greatly appreciate it thank you so much good sir and we will be seeing you guys next week stay safe have fun love soccer and i'll see you guys next week